have a little bit of a uh, interference. Rebison Lift is cooking in the kitchen with the anical. So we'll have to bear with it, as they say. Bear with it, as they say. So first of all, uh, today in the yeshiva, I gave a schmooze. Um, the topic was related to what the topic which we discussed that we should speak about uh, in the Zoom schmooze tonight. And uh, that has to do with the chauffeur's blowing. The chauffeur's blowing. And uh, it was a pretty, it was like a, you know, like a heavy schmooze. It was a heavy schmooze. I felt, first tonight I felt I want to start out a little bit lighter. Go make Kala Lakovic. Start with a story. Because, you know, it's very appropriate to have stories. And especially this story has a very deep, I've said over this story quite a few times and it's written in my book. But it has to do with this week, so that's why I want to tie it in with this week. Yesterday was Yud El, the tenth day of El, and the tenth day of El in the uh, annals of Ner Yaakov is a very special day. You might as well be special about Yud El. What's special about Yud El is that the year that Josh came to learn in Ner Yaakov, when Ner Yaakov moved to Katamon, the summer of 1993, Ner Yaakov had made renovations in a building which was located in um, in a neighborhood called Katamon. And uh, the yeshiva had, we had outgrown our facilities which was then located in Harnov. We needed more space. And after searching and looking all around Yushalayim, we found this building. And this building was a building that was used for many, many years as different schools and institutions, and the Hartman Institute used it as a school building, and then there was a, there was a filmmaking school. It was once, I think, the Mexican Embassy, or the Argentinian Embassy, I can't remember. And two, there was an old Katamon building uh, on the corner of Rehov Rachel Imenu and Bustanai. And... Um, Given the, what we needed and everything else, the yeshiva was then growing by numbers-wise. You know, we had, I can't remember exactly how many boys we had in the yeshiva at that point. It was 60 or 70 boys, and we needed larger spaces. We had to do renovations in order to fix up the place. After signing the contract and after paying a lot of money and putting in money into the building, I was in the States doing what Rashidas do. What are do? we got to raise money. I was raising the money. And... Uh, I came back there at Israel around two weeks before this man, and um, maybe a week and a half before this man, and our administrator, our wonderful, wonderful administrator of Yaakov Myers, met me at the airport. Met me at the airport. Before I continue the story, I want to say a lot of people ask me from the entire book that we wrote, what was my favorite story? And I always say, but this story, I think, there are a lot of great stories in the book, but this story, I think, is like, just shows the godless of what a Godel B'tayra is. The Godel B'tayra we're going to talk about is Epsilon Mizalman Arbach. So now we'll go back to the story. And uh, Rabbi Myers meets me at the airport. So I was a little bit surprised. Usually my relatives meet me at the airport. Over here, all of a sudden, Rabbi Myers meeting me at the airport. I said, What's the occasion? He said, Well, I've got to tell you some news. Uh, we have to go to our lawyer. Our lawyer. Our wonderful lawyer, Yecheskel Goldfield, should be Gesundheit Stark. Uh, 
Why do you have to go to the lawyer? Well, because we have a major problem. The city of Jerusalem has taken out a court order against continuing any sort of um, fixing up of the building. And uh, we, can't, we, take a, we can't move into the building. And this was around six days before the yeshiva was about to start. So we went to our lawyer, and our lawyer explained to us that there was a problem, which we originally had asked, and they had told us it's not really a problem. It's a problem is zoning. You know, you can't have a, a what's called a, um, a uh, educational institution in a, in a residential area. So when we had asked that question, they said, well, this building had been used for like 20 years, and the area never stopped it. So that was the basis of why we, we rented it. And there was a previously, there was another school that was in. And the truth is, there was no dormitory situation, but there were schools all the time. But now, what happened was, some neighbors found out that there was a yeshiva that was moving in. They didn't realize near Yaakov was not exactly a regular run-of-the-mill yeshiva. Josh, you remember, right? You remember what some guys looked like, right? You remember what some guys looked like. <laughs> and... Uh, they didn't realize what kind of regular, non-regular yeshiva guys these were. But um, there were two people that lived in the neighborhood, and they were uh, they had to hire. They had a lot of protection in the, in the, in the government. And then the, the mayor of the city was Teddy Kolak, and they decided to take us to court. They took us to court. They went to court. And the, the attorney for the city of Jerusalem took out one-way stoppage that meant that immediate stoppage, you can't continue any more work, and and a work stoppage, and a non-moving in type of edict, which was pretty severe. And uh, our lawyer said that we're going to have a hearing the following day, which was Yudel, that's why I mentioned Yudel. It was, I arrived on a Thursday, we were going to meet on a, we can have this meeting, and at this meeting, have a court case on Yudel in the morning, in the Beit Mishpat HaShalom, which is a pretty prestigious court. It's like the higher level court system. And what are the chances? Our lawyer said, doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, you know, because it's zoning laws, everything else that they want to be strict about, it, they can be strict about it. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, the shock that I was in, I think at that point, I think the Yeshiva boys were coming ready the following Sunday. I had like 65, 70 boys that were coming, and now we can't move in, we can't finalize, we can't fix, fix up the toilets and the showers and everything else that's needed. Those are the last things. Can you imagine a lot of things that were going on? And we were working on contingency plans about finding another place in case we're going to lose the case. So what did I do? You know, you, how do you sleep at night? You don't sleep that much. The next morning I decided, what should I do? I'll go down with one of the G'dayle Hadar, Reb Shlom Zalman Orbach, and afterwards, I'll tell him the Torah and I'll ask him for advice and ask him for an answer. I went early in the morning. And then with Davin with his son with Shmuel in the Yeshiva Malas in Mechavia. And after Davening, we um, after Davening, we uh, I sat with him and I told him what was going on. So he said to me, I um, and he said, um, we have to daven. So, um, so he said that uh, that was what he said. And that's what I heard from, I heard from Shlomo Zalman 
it's a tzara, and we have to daven. I didn't hear any, you know, breakaway. Someone said maybe there's some that he knows this judge. Maybe he can call this judge. He's going to pull something out of the out the hat, right? He's going to tell me some great eitz what to do. Tzara and medaf daven. And then that's what happened. We left up Shlomo Zalman, and I went to the court case together with Rabbi Myers and our lawyer, and we got to the court, and at the court, it happened to be that the, the judge that was supposed to be the judge got sick. He couldn't come in, and they had somebody else take his case. And this happened to be this person's name was Judge Ben Zimra, who was a Dati person. He happened to be, he was the Gabai of the Beit Knesset, of the Italian Beit Knesset. I only found out this information later. later. He was the head of the, of the court. He was the, the highest judge in this particular system. But I was told by my, my, my lawyer, he said, no matter what, he's still a judge. And he's going to have to follow the rules. And this, the zoning rules are not that good. Anyway, I'm going to make the story a little bit shorter, a little bit shorter than what it is. The Maisa was that we, we had an introductory meeting together with the attorney from the city, our attorneys, the lawyers, the, the, the judge, judge ask, asking me certain questions, what is the issue all about, told them we're dealing with American boys coming to Israel, you know, and a lot of them, we end up helping them to mainstream them into, into Judaism, and a lot of them become members of, of the society, and they become lawyers and doctors, and, which is true, and Tamir Chacham, and a lot of them make Aliyah, and I said, you know, if we're not going to have the building, you know, we're going to, it's going to be, it's gonna, we might collapse financially and everything else that's going on. And, uh, and it's going to be a big loss. We don't know what we're going to do. So he, then he was asking the, the attorneys from the, from the city, what's their position? Their position was, well, the zoning laws, zoning laws. So the judge says to him, listen, I got to tell you a little secret. I'm a neighbor. I live across the street from the building. I've been living there for so many, so many years, and I've seen that every that there's schools there in the building, and there's institutions in the building, and you haven't said anything about them. All of a sudden, now because a yeshiva is opening up, all of a sudden you want to stop it. This is like you're, you're, you're deciding that you know yeshiva, yeah, you're against. So we heard a little bit of a pesach for anything, but then he said, you know, it's zoning laws, zoning laws. What he's supposed to do is zoned as a residential building. In the end of the day, he sent this out of the, the quarters of the judge, the judge's offices, and, um, and he sent this out. He's going to make a decision. So when he sent this out, I went to a side room. What did I do? I davened. Oh, did I daven? I davened. I davened. I said to him once, twice. I probably said it three times. He's davening and davening davening. Because the balance of Ner Yaakov was was over here. And uh, and then around two hours later, we were called into the offices. And when we came in, and the judge made a uh, unprecedented decision. I have to tell you this story. Just recently, uh, Neriak of Talmud recently wrote up this story Rabbi Baruch Bodenheim, who just made a chasta this week. So Rabbi Baruch, you'll, you'll be Michael me if I'm saying over this, you wrote up this week. It should be good. It be a schus for all of us. And Mazatov and your chast and your simcha, Baruch Hashem. So the, uh, the the judge said an unbelievable thing. He made an unprecedented decision in our favor. And he basically, what he said was, that what is a Jewish home? A Jewish home 
כי he paraphrased the post. The post doesn't say that. It says, keep. You know, it doesn't say, keep Eschayenu. But he says, the main thing is that a Jewish home is a home that has Torah in it. That's what a, that's what a Jewish home is. And Lefamim, Yesh Chavruta, Mishu Yesh La Chavruta. Lefamim, Mishu Yesh La. Shiur Babayit. Sometimes even this Minyonim, he started broadening all the things. We can have a Minyan, we can have a Shir, we can have verses. When I asked him, What's of Shir Klali? He says, Rav Lift, Yeh be quiet, Shir Klali. <laughs> Shir Klali is like a, a public, a public Shir with many, many Talmidim. And he made a, an unprecedented decision, which eventually this decision was the first time there was a decision for yeshivas, and many other yeshivas use this court decision. And it allowed us to be able to go back, to, to start the yeshiva, to start the Zvan. And... Uh, I say over this Misa is the Ness of Rabbi Shlomo Zalmanor. What's why is the Misa of the Ness of Shlomo Zalmanor about? Because at 2.30 in the afternoon, I picked up the phone and I called Rabbi Shlomo Zalman's house. And I spoke to a grandson and I told him, Anachnon Nitzachno. We won the case. We won the case. He says, Saba Mechakeh Kol Hayom Lishmo. Humitpalel Kol Hayom. From the time he told you that Medav Davenin, he was davening for the Yeshiva. To me, it was like unbelievable. So when he said the Dav Davinim, he didn't just mean, oh, you have to daven. I'm with you. He was with us in the Torah. And to me, it was like an unbelievable thing. And I have to tell you, afterwards, I heard a few other stories, which I'm not going to say now, which corroborated with Shlomo Zaman act like this in many, many instances. When he told someone the Dav Davinim, he, he daven. That's the G'dayu. That's the, the good they really, really think about the other person to a degree. How do you really care about another person? You doubt for another person. You really pull your heart out for another person. I remember after Shlomo Zalman was lifted, I went and I told, I went to the Shiva house and I told Rib Shmuel and all the other brothers, this story, they were, from the story. And I always say over that the truth is this bracha, this nice and nest of Shlomo Zalman really helped Josh, it helped you to be in the yeshiva. It helped countless others to be in the yeshiva. Can you imagine? If chas v'shoam, things wouldn't have happened like that. We would have gotten such a clap, and maybe we would have had to have closed the yeshiva. Who knows what would have happened because of this situation. How many countless, countless talmidim would have lost an opportunity. So it's really a tremendous, tremendous lesson. So I felt that that's a nice way to start off tonight's Zoom schmooze, and then to jump in a little bit into the more... How would I say it? The chauffeur is blowing. The chauffeur is blowing, and how do, what do we hear? And I have to say over that uh, this week has been a very, very tough week. Coming after so many things, which we've had such tough times, and it's not easy to speak about tough times, but we see that the Rebbeinu is really giving us a, a very big wake-up call. The wake-up call is a long, long drawn-out, it's a, I say, it's a shoifer godel. It's a cold godel of It's not stopping. We had this week, I was in my house sitting in the same room on Sunday afternoon. I came back from the, being in the yeshiva in the morning. I was learning with the Chavrus on the phone at five o'clock and all of a sudden the house is like pitch black. I look outside and it's dark. What happened? That was the beginning of the fires. We had tremendous fires here all around the Sivivah of, of, of Yushalayim. In the 
the Jerusalem corridor, tremendous, tremendous fires. And I was, um, I had to, all of a sudden I look outside and see the whole, the sun was covered. I had pictures of it, the sun was covered by the clouds. It was crazy. The sun was, it was just completely dark, fire. And I have to tell you, there were miracles that took place around the city of Jerusalem. The way the fire started was for sure Hatzata. I'm sure the Arabs started. No question in my mind. You don't have to dan them lekaf choyv. For sure they did it. Now they have proof that they say it was started in three years. They even have NASA pictures. They're now depicting exactly. They know exactly where it started. They don't know who started it, but they know that it was started by people in different places. And it, it, it created such havoc. And I have to tell you, we have to be so thankful to the fire department and to the police department and to the first responders that were working nonstop. And it looked like at a certain point that things were going to get out of, under, under, when I get out completely out of control, they were out of control. But they thought that literally they had to evacuate 10,000 people. They had to evacuate a very, very important hospital that's located in the Judean Hills called Eitanim, which is for mental health issues. 144 patients in a move out with over 100 staff. And the helicopter, they thought they'd get hel- helicopters, couldn't land. They couldn't get buses up there. The, 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 the staff had to take people out in cars, in their own cars, and it was mental health issues and everything else. And they saved every single person. Uh, a yeshiva that's located for special kids that are off the derech, that's located in Givat Yarim. I think it's called Derech Chaim. I forget the exact name over here. Yeah, the exact name to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Darch Hesholom, Derech Sholom, Darch Hesholom, Darch Hesholom, Yeshiva. They had to evacuate. They took the Sifitah around. They ran out. Also, last minute, houses were destroyed. But in comparison to how many houses would have been destroyed, Nisim and Aflaz. To me, what it reminded me of, something you just came to mind, the Kina, which we say from the Rami Rutenberg, Shali Srufa Ba'esh which is the kinet that Marami Rutenberg's made up when the, in the Middle Ages, when they took truckloads and truckloads of Sifrei Torah, they burnt them in the streets. Truckloads and truckloads of Svarim. Shali Sufa Beish. And we just think about it now, you know, we're not in Tisha B'av, and we have to think about it all the time. Can you imagine the destruction of Sifrei Torah, the Oisius Parfus Ba'avir, and the... Uh, and I have to tell you, for three days and three nights over here, they were battling and battling and battling. And the smell in our house was the smell of burnt, of burnt wood. And it just reminded me of Chorban Abayas. It reminded me of Chorban Abayas to such a degree that on Tuesday, I literally felt sick just from the, the, the smoke inhalation that was coming in. Didn't feel it the whole day. Tuesday, I couldn't go to Yeshiva. I was supposed to give a shmooze on Tuesday. I had to cancel because I really wasn't feeling well. And I was thinking to myself that this is all part of the, the Rabbanu is giving us an, an L. And the truth is the whole world is in fire. The whole world is in fire. It's California. Throughout the world, Italy. The world is, is, is in a blaze. I've mentioned this a few times, but it's continuing. And then Lo Aleinu, an episode which we all have to feel, and this is all part of what we have to really feel. We have to really feel that when we hear about our brethren that have to leave houses, uh, a, a, a owner of a wine, of a winery 
eight million shekel gone, complete destruction. You have to feel the pain. You have to feel the tsar. That's what the Bonus wants us to be mishtatif in the tsar zochavera. And to daven for the for the tzibur. And then we heard this news from Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado, Yeshiva Kadesha, Taras Chaim, world famous Yeshiva. A young boy, 19 years old, Shlomo Silverberg, because of Rocha, was shot dead right in front of the Yeshiva two nights ago, 11.30 at night. And it should hit home for everybody, but for us particularly, I have a personal connection because my grandson just recently just went to that Yeshiva and he's a personal friend with Shlomo. He was involved very, very much when that happened, this whole issue happened. And he saw scenes which are not easy scenes to see. And the whole yeshiva is in an uproar over it. We have to commend the Rosh Hashivas and the yeshiva and the taking care. And another near Yaakov Talmud, Rabbi Akiva Satavsky from Pittsburgh, his son is also there. And they all need chizuk, they all need chizuk. And over here, the truth is, they say this, Bach Hashanah Silverberg, who's a Bach boy from Cleveland, was a, a Mitsuyan and a Masmid and a, and a Goymo Chesed and cared about other people. I, my grandson said he was very, very much involved with helping him to get him into the yeshiva, come into a new bach of the yeshiva, and he cared about other people. And he was a tremendous mass, but they, they had spayed him. I was listening to last night and this morning. A tachshad of a bach. And who shot him and how he was shot, those things are not important. When I say they're not important, they're not important in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch said, this is going to be, there's a carbon over here. I have to tell you, my grandson said that the, I asked him what, I was trying to get him to speak a little bit, but I wanted to hear the talk a little bit. And he was talking, Baruch Hashem. I said, did they, 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 they speak about, he said, yeah, the Manal spoke. The Manal himself was also shot at. And he was, Baruch Hashem, saved miraculously. One of the things the Manal said, again, I'm, could be I'm paraphrasing a little bit, this is what I heard from my grandson. He said, to, this, is what is the, this is what he said. He said, the Rabbanu was making fires outside of Yerushalayim, and we didn't hear the message. So the Rabbanu brought the message very, very too closer to us that we should hear it. And I was thinking to myself, if a Manal in Denver could say that we have to think about the people in Yerushalayim that are in the outskirts, and they themselves are out of their homes and everything else, and the Rabbanu is talking to them, and now that this boy was killed, Al-Pikidosh Hashem, there's no question that he died because he was a Yid, and he was a tachshit, he was a big carbon tzibur. So for us here in Yerushalayim, us in Yerushalayim, if you think about it, be mishtatif and it's mishtatif. And to think about it, what is the Rabbanu Shem saying? Rabbanu Shem is blowing a great, great blows. And what is he saying? Wake up. Change your ways. Become better. Yeah, that's a big thing we always say, but how do we do it? And we always say we can't necessarily change everything overnight, but some things we can change. We said over the word today that in this week's parasha, it speaks about the Ben Sayyidah of Myra, and we know the Ben Sayyidah of Myra was a young boy, but he's neither in our shame, Sayyidah. He's judged what he's going to do in the future, and we see that he's going off the derech, so to speak. Today, if that's your popular thing, a boy going off the derech, you have to try to save him. And for sure, to try to save everybody, no question about it. But if here the Torah says, in such an instance where he was already beginning to steal, beginning to, get, to drink a certain amounts of wine and eat meats, and he became an, an addictive personality. So what do we have to do? We have to kill him while he's zakai rather than killing him 
later on when he's going to become a murderer. He's going to go out. He's going to not going to be money. He's going to stand by the quarters. He's going to he can tell people, give him my money. If you don't give him money, he'll kill them. Yom Azakav Yom which is a very, very hard thing to understand. In fact, the Gemara says it's really a machlekes if it ever, ever happened. Did it actually happen? Was there ever a, a Ben Saramayra? And one sheet said, no, it never happened. And she said, no, it did happen. And I really saw it. And the Yashati al Kivrei. And I even sat on his, on his cabinet. The major question that all the Mepharshim ask is, is that this really is, doesn't really flow with another part of the Torah, which we're so familiar with, which we're going to lane in two weeks on Rosh Hashanah, when we speak about Yishmael, the son of Yitzchak, and the Maisel with Hagar, where he sent out. And Rashi HaKadosh points out that Yishmael was saved, even though in the future he's going to do terrible acts to Klal Yisrael. But we say, Basher Husham. We don't judge him for what he's going to do in the future. We judge him for the moment. And at that point, he was a tzaddik. So it seems to be a major contradiction. Over there by Yeshua, we see you don't judge a person for the future. Over here by the Bizarre, you do judge a person for the future. And we said over oh, that there's two answers, that, major answers, other answers that before Hashem give. One answer is, is that by Yeshua, he hadn't yet started to do Averis. Well, over here, the Ben Sarim are starting to do Averis. Another terrorist is that by the Ben Saramayra, it's Alpibezdin, Shalmata. Over there, it's Alpibezdin, Shalmala. Bezdin, Shalmala doesn't judge in the future. Bezdin, Shalmata judges what's going to be in the future. And we, we, we brought down questions from Swarm that really doesn't fit. Bezdin, Shalmata should judge for the future. Bezdin, Shalmala should only judge for the future. Shalmala understands more what's going to be in the future. They say they can judge what's going to be in the future. Bezdin, Shalmata, they don't know. How can they judge what's going to be in the future? And then we say that by Yishmol, Yishmol didn't start to do Averis. It says, Vahi He was shooting bows and arrows. And he already was over on Avayuzorah, Gilarais, and Shvichas Domin. He wanted to kill Yitzchak. So he's not a good guy. So Luchaira, he already started doing Averis. So we said over at Terrace that we heard B'Shem Rav Shach and others that the real message of the of the Ben Sarah is Einenu Shamea Bakol Ovid He doesn't listen. He's not listening. He doesn't have the Kayach of Shmiya. Einenu Shamea Bakol Ovid Bakolivai. And the Pasuk says you have to make sure that you have to kill him in order to remind Yishmu of your own. It says three times. Einenu Shamea Bakol Ovid Bakolivai. We say, Benenu Zesarema Einenu Shamea Bakolivai. This is what we brought out. They brought out today, are we really hearing? Do we hear things? Do we hear things? Hear? Do you hear? Do you hear what's going on? When Rebbe talking. Rebbe is talking. So by Yishmael, Yishmael has the Karech of Shmiya. And Yishmael, we know in the, in the end, he does Tshuva. He does Tshuva, we don't understand it. How does that work? He does Tshuva. He had a Karech of Shmiya. He listened. In the end of the day, he listened. Over here by the Ben Sermon, he's already made a decision, even at a young age. For whatever reason, I'm not listening anymore. I'm finished with it. It's gone. Don't hear it. And this is a very, very powerful message for us in the month of the Evil, and especially now that we see what's going on in the world. The world is giving us such a clarion call in so many, so many ways. COVID still continuing. And uh, 
Oizen Shamas. In the positive sense, whenever we say the negative, we always have to take a look at the positive. What happens when a person does hear? When I really do hear what's going on. I hear what's, I, I hear about the tzara of the friend. You know, we have a, a neighbor in our building, a 19-year-old boy, I'd mentioned already, the previous Shmuz and Yisrafur, Shlaim, Yonason, Simcha, Ben Leir Rivka, young boy, he's on a respirator, we hope and pray that he should be 100% better. And just remember, just, just the, the chesed, the women, all the women, all the women, all making food for Shabbos's, for the family. So many countless other chesedim, which are, it's people who are listening. We say in the tefillah of Vino of Rachman, Rachim Oleinu, the same Billy Bang, yes, good Rachman, have Rachman, is put in our hearts, Bina, understanding, Lahavi, Mahaskil, and one extra word, Lishmaya, to listen. You can have all the Bina, you can have all the Haskala, listen. Be a person that listens. Listen, listen to another person's cry. And Rabbi Sonne Zalman, he heard another person's cry. Rabbi Sonne Zalman, ah, Hatsara, Hatsara, ah, Medafta. Hatsara, Medafta. He doesn't mean you should doubt. No, I'm Medafta with you. So why can't we just pick up a, a safer tilim and say if you could pick up tilim for the matzah of the We say, I heard today from uh, a shir from Rebubbit Katz from Baltimore. What's the shayfer gadol? Shayfer gadol is there's going to come a time when there's going to be a change in the world where people are going to see that there's a a shofar gadol. Rabbi, so are we at that point? Are we at the point? Is this a shofar gadol? Is this the shofar gadol that's heralding in Be'ezer Hashem, Melech HaMashiach, if we hear it? I don't know. We, we, I, don't, I don't remember a situation where we've heard such things. All across the world, again and again and again, Maron, Carolyn, COVID, boy in, in, in Denver. I, you can't even remember all the tzars that are going on. Fire is burning. The Rebbe is, is is calling out. And we're getting closer to Rosh Hashanah. What are we going to do Rosh Hashanah? We're going to hear a shofar and we're going to make the bracha. To hear the kol shofar. If we want to hear the kol shofar, let's hear the kol shofar now. Ah, I want to say that I said over something from Evolbi today, and I just want to add on a little bit. He just mentions one thing. I, I want to be, I said something today, and he shared, I want to add on one little piece that he says over here. You know, it's sometimes when it comes to like learning, we have certain expectations about what we can do. You know, I, I spoke to Nir Yaakov Talmud today. I, mean, I, I don't want to say who it is. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He started telling me about it. He made a siyam on Talmud Yushalmi. And he, he said he tried to get a hold of me to invite him to the, to the siyam. I have to tell you, this Talmud that came to the yeshiva, you never ever would have imagined we make a siyam on Talmud Yushalmi. Talmud Yushalmi. And he has a whole tochnit about making a kailo for learning all kinds of things that a person should become. Really amazing. And wants to meet with me and talk about it. When it comes to learning, we know that there's a certain like uh, methodology. You know, you go to yeshiva, you go to first year, you go to second year, 
you learn Bikiyas, you learn Be'iyan, you learn a sugya. You know, you understand a little bit more of the sugya, less of the sugya. You learn Chumash, you learn Rashi, you learn Mishnayis. There's a progression. There's a progressionary stage that how we how we see things. So we can measure ourselves and say, hey, okay, you know, I went to the Sefta, I made a Siyam. Ah, Yavaldik. What happens with davening? We do davening three times a day. You know, it sounds like the same thing. You know, they get the same bracha, right? The same uh, refainu, the same baruch uh, aleinu. And we don't necessarily see that we're growing in tefillah. We don't see it. Revolve says, let's take a look at Ashrei. Look at Ashrei. What is Ashrei all about? If you, take, if you analyze Ashrei without going into all the different verses over there, but it's really about the midas of a Kaddish Baruch Hu and the Hashkoch of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Hello, Baruch Hu is everything. Pesech es yodecho, mazbiyo v'chol chayrotzen, tzadik Hashem v'chol durocho, v'chosin v'chol mazir, korov Hashem v'chol korov, v'chol Hashem v'chol korov, v'chol Hashem v'chol korov, It's about the midas of Hashkoch of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now, where did Dovna Melech, he made up these words, where did he learn them from? How did, how did he learn it? Is, was there a safer that taught him how to do it? <laughs> Did he have an art scroll? No, no art scroll then. Was there any uh, um, a yeshiva or sameach to teach him about? Oh, how do you get up? How do you make up an ashray? No, he made it up on his own. So Volbi says that David Amalek was able to see in Olam Hazah, similar to like what says that Avram Avinu was able to be Mekayim, all the mitzvahs in the Torah able to take a look at the Bria and see it. So David Amalek was able to take a look at this world. And he looked at this world and everything in this world he saw a revelation of godliness. For instance, listen to this. And I know this is not, you know, it's like a, a step, but listen to this step. Person gets up in the morning. Okay, you go, you go to shul, you daven. Then, if you have a seder, you have a seder. Okay, then you gotta go to work. Go to work. You got to go up the store. You got to go. You got to make business. You got to make a sale. Sometimes you're matzliach. Sometimes you're successful. Sometimes you're not successful. How do we analyze those things? So if a person really is living the world of emes in Olam Hazen, as I translated today, that this world really, if the real world is not the physical, but it's the spiritual dimension. And the physical is just like a matafa. It's just like a covering. But the real essence of the world is really ruchnis. If I really look at the world in such a fashion, which we don't, <laughs> if we're honest with them, but we have to try to retrain ourselves, which is what Dovon Amalek did. He looked at the world of Olam Hazen and everything he saw, Giloi, of the Rabbani Shalom. What does that mean? That means, oh, he saw Hatzlocha. He had a tzlachah, he had a tzlachah and something. Oh, who gave him that tzlachah? The Rebbe When he saw a hefzid, it was the Rebbe that made the hefzid. Not my prowess. It's the Rebbe I see Rishoyim, they're so successful. It looks like they have such good lives. They have Teslas. They have cars. Everything is great. They're going on vacations. And they're not doing mitzvahs. They're doing chatoyim. You know what it is? Because Baruch is Erech HaPayim. Because Baruch has a long, long... He knows how to hold out. Let's see, Meir Rishonim will do tshuva. 
And if they're not going to do tshuva, the Rebbeinu says, okay, I'm just going to give them olamaz, but they're not going to get olamaz. But when I get up in the morning, wow, a yid gets up in the morning. Wow, chesed Hashem, a new day. I have, bre- I, can, I can breathe. I can breathe. The truth is we're surrounded by oxygen. We don't even think about it. We're surrounded by oxygen. What is that? Oxygen is all a Kodesh Baruch If they wouldn't have oxygen, we'd be extinct. HaKadosh Baruch fills the entire world with, with the Rebbe Shalom. One day, if a person can just live, just one day, try to stop and think about what the Rebbe Shalom, that's it. That's what Dovan HaMelech did. Dovan HaMelech took a look at the world and he was able to formulate all the different Hashkacha Pratis, Peseach HaSyedachem HaZbilachol Chayrotz. We said, we get food. What do we see? We see calories. We see vitamins, right? <laughs> we don't want the calories, but we like the good stuff. And that's what we eat. And it's delicious. That's all we see. But what is a yid supposed to see? Hazanas Olam. After he eats, Hazanas Olam Kula Betuva. Betuva, this is your tarif. You gave me all this good stuff. It's delicious. It's geschmack. Come Shabbos. Ah, Shabbos Kodesh. I have herring, I have kichol, I'm going to have bazaynas. It's a switch, Rabbi It's a switch of trying to understand the Rabbi is running the world. And I'm together with the Rabbi I'm in his world. Be in Hashem's world. In Hashem's world, we have a different way of looking at things. And that's what this, I think we have to hear. Because somehow, Work on it in a small way. In a small way. Just we say Shema Yisrael. Just listen to the word Shema in a different way. Shema Koleinu. Shema Yisrael. Baruch Hu, listen. I should, if I'm a listener, Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to listen to me. And take a look at the world and say, the Rabbanu Shem is giving me such a world. Ah, be thankful for everything. We should be Meshtatif and the Tsar of the Tzibor. We should hear the cult. Shoifer Gomel. That the Rabbanu Shem, we should be Zoychem Hashem. That it should be should bring back everyone. We should be to wish everybody a wonderful, wonderful evening, a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos Kodesh Abba Aleinu Lataiva, Pashas Kiseitse. We should go out from all the Torahs, okay? Next week will be Kisava. We should come into Eretz Yisrael. All the good things, all the brothers. Wishing everyone, everyone a good evening. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good day. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.